Disclaimer, everything discussed on the 9 o'clock is wholly opinion. We are not experts. We have no alphabet soup of credentials after our names. We're just two people who overthink things and had enough adult money to buy podcast mics. Nothing said here should be taken as medical or legal advice. Seriously, nope, don't. That would be terrible for you, probably. Be sure to leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts. It helps us. How? We're not really sure, but yeah, do that. Welcome to the 9 o'clock, Jackson's thinly veiled excuse to buy more techie toys. <laughs> I'm Gwenna Lathland. <laughs> I'm Jackson Lathland. You have bought so much stuff for this. Like, it's fantastic. It's excellent. <laughs> I have. It was all approved, though. <laughs> Head of accounting. Yeah. <laughs> I got to have my, po- my, my uh, not my podcast. I've got to have my hobbies. Your hobbies. Yeah. yeah. So today, uh, we... Uh, we we did excellent and we prepared absolutely no content at all for this episode. Uh, this episode is Google auto filled this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So what we're going to do is we are going to go to Google. We're going to type in the first parts of prompts and then just talk about all of the various things that people are searching. Like why do husbands, why do wives and just whatever comes up after that. We're going to talk about sometimes we might click into sources and see what they say. Sometimes we might just have our own discussion. But yeah, Google is going to autofill this entire podcast episode. Yeah, I know just just from whenever I go into Google to look up something. Why, you know, why is this? And as soon as I type in the first three words, it'll right. auto generate like 18 it's because results. they're listening yeah. <laughs> all the time. So, I mean, for, for reference, I've got Google pulled up and just putting my cursor in the, the search bar, it gives me all of my previous searches, my search history. Right. And I, I recently looked up best way to rinse poop. How much does an author make per book? Restaurants near me. <laughs> List of kids songs. Beat Saber. Menorah. Puppy Chow recipe. <laughs> okay. So that was all today, by the way. Today, Just I Googled today. these things. I'm betting Google's algorithm has to be confused by you. I think it's confused by a lot of people, but yeah. That's fair. So, all right. So let's, let's, let's jump into it. Let's do... Why do husbands... Uh-oh. Here we go. <laughs> First one up. Why do husbands lie? Oh, no. Husbands don't lie. Google's a liar. <laughs> Google's a liar. That's how we're going to start. All right. All right. We're going to start with a lie. That's that's the best way to open. So why do husbands lie? Honestly, husbands lie the same reason any other human beings lie. That's that's the real answer. Um, Let's okay. So think of it like you're you're typing in that question. What do you expect that answer to be? I expect that answer to be confirmation bias. That's what I'm <laughs> expecting is my husband is a liar, which my husband is, is not. He's a jerk sometimes. <laughs> he's, he's not a habitual liar. So you think it's going to say something along the lines of your husband might lie because he's hiding something or because he's insecure and it's going to be kind of the normal what you'd expect? Yeah, no, it's pretty much that. Like when you <laughs> click in what to do when a spouse lies, 10 lies your guy is telling you and what he's hiding from your tango.com. Okay. Uh, why do men lie? Word from the bird. Marriage. 
I think this is a quote from Word from the Bird blog. I have never read this. I'm not even clicking into the website. This is just the the very front thing you see in Google. I think men lie for three reasons, depending on the circumstance. They feel ashamed. They don't want to hurt or let down their significant other. And they have, I don't know. It's, it stops. I kind of feel like that's for everybody, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's what I'm saying is I think this is all confirmation bias. Yeah. Like everyone lies for, because they feel ashamed because they don't want to get in trouble because they don't want to hurt somebody else. Like that's it. Yeah. That's why people lie. That's why children lie. That's why husbands lie. Why do husbands lie? Well, aren't there degrees of lies too? Now I'm, I'm not trying to split hairs, but I mean, would they consider a, uh, I guess a, a superficial lie as a, as in I like think a, if you've gotten to the point that you have turned to Google to figure out why your husband is lying to you, it's, it's going to be things like, you know, why, why does my partner call, you know, always have to work late. Right. Or, right. We're talking about infidelity and trust issues right, at that point. When you've right. gotten to Google and why do husbands lie? Why does he go out with his friends and drink and then tell me he didn't? Right. Right. That's that's probably the shame or not wanting to hurt right. you or afraid he's going to get in trouble. Yeah, that's guilt. Um, OK, so next on why do husbands <laughs> following why do husbands lie? Why do husbands leave their wives? Oh, well, <laughs> I mean, I guess they if they have a job, they get up and go to work every day. And... <laughs> I don't think that's the type of leaving they're talking about. So ultimately. Jesus. Okay, so just we can, we can have a conversation about the following. The fall the the rest of the entries are why do husbands hate their wives? Oh. Why do husbands lie about little things? Why do husbands yell at their wives? Why do husbands leave sick wives? Well, that one I can answer. They're they suck. Uh, <laughs> why do husbands gaslight their wives? Why do husbands leave their pregnant? Good God, do people not Google good stuff like what to buy my husband for? <laughs> Uh, I guess not why do husbands, but it just sounds like there's a lot of jerks out there. Well, and here's the thing. I, what I will say is it's not necessarily, I'm a big fan of divorce. Not that I'm like, yay, everyone should get a divorce at least once in their life. But But you're a fan of having that option. Right. Right. Like I think it's a healthy point to, after you've, you know, explored all the options, you've gone through the therapy, you've realized that for whatever reason, either you never should have or no longer should be a married couple. I think divorce is a really good, healthy option for exiting a period of your life. And there are really, there's a bunch of resources on co-parenting if you've got offspring together. Um, Like, I don't hate, uh, as a divorcee myself, I don't hate divorce. I think it's an absolutely fantastic thing. I think there's a lot of ground to cover before you decide, all right, throw in the towel, I quit. Right. Well, there's a lot. Yeah, I agree. A lot of, a lot of other factors. Um, man, that's a, that is that's a, a hell of a, a list. A depressing list. Why do husbands gaslight their wives? Um, that's legit because they're. Well, they're sociopaths, maybe. Right. I don't know. Like I was, I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna say a bad word. Uh, there's no <laughs> such thing as bad words, only bad intentions. But okay. So all right. To be fair, why do wives not better? <laughs> what do you got? Why do wives hate their husbands? Why do wives leave their husbands? This one's fun. Why do wives nag? Do you oh. feel? Do you feel I'm naggy? It depends on the situation. That was the wrong answer. <laughs> did, Try did you, again. Did you want a husband who lies? Try. <laughs> <laughs> 
So nag is one of those terms. It's kind of murky for me. Right. I think it's kind of a perception thing. Right. Like, it could, is it nagging or is it just how that person communicates? Right. And like, is it less naggy if someone's in a bad mood versus a good mood? Yeah, I, I, I could see, and it, and it goes either way. A guy can nag too. Oh yeah. Um, I could see it. it, it I see it something like if, if somebody's overly inquisitive or always want to know what you're up to, right. what you're doing. Right. And sometimes I guess it's tone. Tone can cause a, tone, a sensation tone can, of nagging. Can, yeah. And repetition. Right. If I, if it's over and over and over again. And here's the thing is legit question between us. I am ADHD. You are autistic. Yeah. You have trouble reading social cues. I have trouble remembering stuff. Right. Do you ever feel like my repetition of stuff? Because I legit don't remember me ever saying it before. Does that ever feel naggy to you? No, not, not, not in that sense. No. The only time I think, uh, if, if I've ever felt like you were nagging me mm-hmm. in the, in the traditional sense right. of nagging would be if, if you were after me about something. So something I said I was going to do and I've put it off for a week and then it so needs like the to Christmas get done. lights. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With, like Good the example, Christ- the Christmas lights, but they Jack? did get, they did get done. The Christmas lights, Jack. But it was it. It took a bit of nagging. The Christmas to, lights, uh, Jack. Yeah, to get me to, to get me to do it. Yeah, exactly. So I. But here's the thing: is I I feel like I nag you from time to time too under those same types of circumstances. Right. I'm always, not always, but occasionally I'll mention something like, uh, I don't know, you leave a dirty dish out or something. The socks. Or the socks. The yeah. Socks. Picking up the dirty socks. The socks everywhere. The, the shoes. The shoes <laughs> next to my side of the bed. And like, I don't even have a shoe collection. Like I have two pairs of shoes and they're just randomly. Thank you, ADHD. (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, I I could see that being a little naggy, even on my part. But you don't ever seem to get upset by it. So I don't know. No. And I think I think that maybe that's the difference between nagging and persistent communication. Right. Is it's not so much what's being said or how it's being said it's how it's being perceived and and perception is reality but i think between you and i we don't really feel each other nagging one another because when you tell me for the three thousandth time please remove your socks from anywhere they don't belong which is most places you leave them i recognize that you're not nagging me you are really just working with what you got yeah (laughs) (laughs) okay i married into it yeah that's true why do wives stay with cheating husbands? Why do they stay with cheating? So this is assuming they know they're cheating and they still want to try and... I guess. Like, well, I guess the question comes down to, I guess there's two ways to ask it, is do they know that they're actively cheating and they've confronted them and the husband's not willing to do anything about it and they mm-hmm. still stay with them? I know there are other circumstances behind right. that. Kids, Kids potentially. Uh, so- sometimes less than stellar situations. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, I have a, why I stayed story. Right. Um, my husband wasn't cheating. My, my first husband wasn't cheating, but (laughs) he wasn't great. Um, I have a, why I stayed story. I mean, it was, it was the security. It was the, the predictability. Like he was a jerk, but I could predict in what ways he was going to be a jerk. Right. And that, that gave some really false sense of comfort. Well, I think the other, uh, yeah, that makes sense. I think the other way you could perceive that is if if you've caught the guy cheating mm-hmm. and you confronted him he stopped you decided to do counseling and then you right. stayed with him there is the 
way of asking that too. Why do some wives stay with right. husbands who have right. cheated? Like it's, it's not that? necessarily the, the old adage of once a cheater, always a cheater. Like mistakes can be made, changes can be made and, and things can be better. Maybe not the same, it might be different, but it still might be okay. Like the, right. the relationship can be preserved through a lot of different types of mistakes. It, it really depends again on what they're working with, on um, right. who they are as people. Uh, why do wives complain so much? Why do wives control their husbands? Why do wives nag so much? Why do wives fall out of love? It's interesting that wives fall out of love was on here, but husbands falling out of love, which, I mean, it's got to happen equally. Oh, yeah. So it's interesting that why do wives fall out of love? Well, think about who's uh, doing the search queries. Right. For the most part, wives are probably Googling why do husbands, husbands, well, Partners with wives are Googling yeah. why do wives partners with husbands are Googling why do husbands. Right. So, yeah. Maybe that's a, maybe that's an insecurity among more men than it is under, among women. I don't know. I don't know because you also have to think about lesbian couples. That's true. They also have wives. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just a more perceived feminine. I mean, if you're, if you're identifying as wife, you're, you're likely identifying as feminine. So I don't know that bold words. I don't know. I'm going to move on. Why do wives <laughs> threaten divorce? Why do wives complain about their husband? Eh, it's, it's pretty much the same stuff. Okay, let's move on. Let's let's cover the other half of our podcast. Why do kids? Oh, why do kids walk on their toes? <laughs> okay, I'm just curious. What do you think that one ends up saying? That one, that one is probably like toe walking is a sign of autism. Um, it is a sign of, of a couple different neurodivergencies, um, and it can lead to long-term health consequences, health issues. So I'm guessing that's why that's on top because now, when they, when somebody asks toe walking, they're saying their kid is always walking around on their toes. Probably if they're Googling it. Yeah. They probably notice that it happens a lot. Like it's really common in toddlers. Yeah. And then there comes an age and I don't remember what age it is. I'm sure you can Google it. Um, as I'm sitting here on Google, hopefully not Googling it for you. Um, <laughs> Like toe walking is perfectly normal up into a certain age. And then it becomes a little concerning if it's happening all the time. Like the boy child, he enjoys walking on his tippy toes, but 99% of his walking is done flat footed, flat footed or, right. or, you know, appropriately developmentally appropriate. Um, sometimes he just likes being on his tippy toes. Yeah. So he's not like, I wouldn't Google why do kids walk on their toes, but, uh, a parent concern that maybe their child is showing early signs of a neurodivergency might, might Google why do kids walk on their toes? Uh, why do kids eat boogers? Oh, uh, I mean, I guess curiosity kids really have no, no filter. Like they have no, they, if toddler, if toddlerhood were to have a, a motto, it would be "Screw it, I'm a try it." <laughs> well, especially ours. <laughs> I, I have not caught ours eating their own boogers. I have. Have you? No. Yeah. Their own. Yeah. Now they and each other's. They bring them out to me. <laughs> In fact, uh, present the, them like gifts. The boy child walked up and like was gonna rub it on my face. And I stopped him. Well, both of our kids are at the age where they believe our vision begins at three centimeters from our eyeball. <laughs> yeah. Like that is, it has to be that close or we are not able to perceive it. So everything is shown right there. Yeah. Yeah. Daddy, <laughs> daddy, 
Daddy, look at me. Look at this. Right. Yeah. No, yeah, it's, same thing. It's, it's right there. Why do kids bully? Ugh. I, it's hard. That's an interesting way to ask that question. And, and I think it depends on the age of the kids. Yeah. I mean, again, if we're talking about toddlers, Tom, I don't, I don't know that you would consider it bullying other than as, as opposed to just being overly aggressive behavior that you could try to help. Right. You can help regulate. Yeah. yeah. Bully, bully is one of those. So I, I, I have theories on grown up applications of words on or ideas on not grown up people. So like our kids manipulative sometimes, right? Not every time it feels like they're manipulative. Our kids bullying sometimes. Um, but not every time we want to apply that word. So no, I, I will casually say in conversation to you, Oh yeah. The girl child was bullying her brother all day. Right. But Bullying, I think, really kind of wraps up this idea that it's intentional. My three-year-old is not intentionally being a nightmare to her twin brother. No, she does. I, I would assume she doesn't have the executive function to to make the decision to do that. Yeah, every, everything is very spur of the moment for for toddlers. Uh-huh. But as they get older, yes, at some point they do begin to intentionally lash out for the purpose of gaining a reaction for the purpose of getting attention. And I found that for my bullies, what I now know of the people who bullied me when I was a kid, what they had was probably some self-esteem issues, which sounds straight out of an after-school special, like, but they lived the type of life at home and in their academic performance that meant any attention was good attention. Yeah. I had a couple of bullies. Um, I can think of at least two. And what I learned about them later on in life Mm -hmm. was they had a rough childhood. Yeah. A lot of uh, turmoil in the household, a lot of even trauma in the household. And so they lashed out. Well, and and it's a, it's a matter of control. If, if you have no control, if you have no autonomy in your primary environment or one of your primary environments, you are going to probably irresponsibly seek to control that which you can, right. which is the kids who are weaker or smaller or sillier or odder or, you know, whatever they, they glommed onto. Yeah. They're going to, they're going to seek to control that. Uh, why do kids wet the bed? Um, that's an interesting one. Um, it's an interesting way to phrase it. Yeah. I don't know. Why do kids wet the beds? Because they have functioning kidneys. <laughs> um, and not really good brains for recognizing bodily cues. I mean, yeah, I think it's, uh, what would you say? It's got to be something that you subconsciously learn. Like, as in you're, there, there, there's something programmed into you that at a certain point when your bladder fills up. Right. You're, you're just going to have a sensation. That, it's kind of like when you're in a dream and you have a a sensation of falling it right. typically it, yeah it typically jars up. your the, there's a part of your nervous system and a part of your brain that's like are you falling you better check yeah um and then there's me who a pen drop at <laughs> night is enough to wake me up right so it's good that you married a woman who sleeps like a dying fish uh just flopping everywhere it's only every once in a while <laughs> uh why do kids hate school uh, that is a loaded question. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a multifaceted question. That's not something that I would necessarily take. That is not necessarily something that I would try to say in English, nor take to Google. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, that's certainly that's got to be something you you would hope you could sit down and talk to your kid about if right. if you're under the impression your kid hates school. Right. There's there. It could be that they have a bully. Yeah, it's exactly where my <laughs> brain went. Yeah. It could be that they are struggling with social issues, with academic issues, with authority issues. Like right. there's there's a lot of reasons kids could hate school. It could also be that they're just not good at communicating their actual feelings, but hate feels like the right word. Yeah. It's not truly representative of their feelings. Right. They just right. don't know a better word for it yet. Yeah. I think that's right. Uh why do kids lie? The same reason husbands and wives do. Uh why well, do now I- Ask that question about a toddler, though. Why would a toddler lie? Same same reason. You think so? Absolutely. Absolutely. Are they as conscious? At, are they as crafty about it? Um, no. Uh, but I do think that they are very much trying to... Avoid consequences. Avoid consequences. Yeah. Ultimately. Um, or disappointment. I, I do think toddlers are capable of recognizing, oh, this information will disappoint mom. And yeah. I, don't, I don't like doing that. Even if they're not fully cognizant of what disappointment as a term is they they know what the feeling feels like right uh for instance today today our girl child outright lied to us it was not a malicious lie but we're in the midst of potty training yes yay and the girl child walked up and she said her brother had made a puddle yeah i remember that and i was like did your brother make a puddle because it looks like you're damp yeah my my brother made a puddle no and she was saying slightly different words I'm, I'm i'm censoring it for for the niceties yeah um my my brother made a puddle no i think you made a puddle because <laughs> your brother is dry and you are dripping well and then he came um, over and told on her right <laughs> but i don't think she was maliciously lying yeah and i don't even think she was afraid of getting in trouble i mean because they they don't get in trouble for having accidents especially in the in this learning mode i think very much she wanted to get to the point that she could get her book so when when they go potty in the potty they get a book uh, she wanted her book and yeah. so she knew that if she had a puddle she wasn't gonna have another chance for a little bit to try to get her a book and her brother had already gotten two books by that point in the day so right. she's like <clears throat> so yeah i i think it was very much uh a trying to get her way lie um and it wasn't malicious at all like she didn't get in trouble for it no no or for making the puddle i i if, if nothing else if if she thought anything through it all it might have just been this is my goal this is how i need to get it yeah and then and i'm i'm saying that like an adult but right from her her point of view that's not even what it would have sounded like right right like We'll try this. Will this get me a book? Yeah. Because again, their motto is screw it. Let's see. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's about exploring. All right. Let's, let's get a little more specific. Why do teens, because we also have teens. Why do teens vape? Oh. Because marketing. I feel like that's a boomer Um, asking that. I don't know that it's a boomer. I, I mean, teens aren't supposed to be able to get a hold of the nicotine products i mean not supposed to be able to but i'm i'm gonna say for the last 40 50 years that's uh that's been a challenge no matter what uh why do teens stay up late you know that's that's an interesting one i i'm gonna say i think that has something to do with uh uh, especially once they've gone into puberty Uh and then and then become a teenager Uh there's a there's something there's some sort of a cycle 
that they go through as far as an energy cycle. Yeah. And I think they burn energy off way different than we're right. used to doing. See, I would hypothesize, and again, none of this is research-backed. We're not actually searching these. We're literally just, just looking guessing, at the, yeah. yeah, we're just guessing. But I think it's valid conversation to be had, just guessing, because it's information that, that we're working with. It's, it's things to consider. Why teens stay up late, I think, has a lot to do with autonomy. You think so? I think so. I mean, it, it can't exclusively be that. Yeah. Um, but I think it has a lot to do with that is the time of least resistance, least interruption, least obstruction. Like they have the opportunity to do what they want to do. They might have a very limited space to do it in because they can they can only hang out in their room. Um, actually, our teen is not much of a stayer upper. No, not normally. What's what's funny is you say that, and you know what that reminds me of? What's that? Is the toddler's bedtime. Yeah. Especially the uh, the boy child. Yeah. He does not want to go to bed at bedtime. There's too much we'll f- stuff to do, Dad. And and here's the thing is if, if we've got that window, and if we don't get him down mm-hmm. within that window, yeah. we lose the opportunity, and he'll be up another two hours. Right. So it's it's almost like... Well, that has, that, now there's, there is science and I couldn't quote it, but I mean, there, there is science behind that and you, you're the one who read it to me, so you know it, <laughs> but there, I mean, when melatonin, the, the sleep hormone, is it a hormone? Yeah, it's a hormone. The sleep hormone is released, how that begins to affect the, the brain waves and how the brain functions. And if you can hit that perfect window after the, the melatonin burst release, uh, it sounds like it's a spore. <laughs> like, sorry. Um, then, then yeah, you'll you'll have easy bed. But if you miss that window, then other biological functions start kicking in because it's like, oh, well, I gave you the cue to lay down and you didn't. So here, have stress. Yeah, I wonder if for a teenager, if it's if it's similar in that if you don't have somebody telling you, hey, it's bedtime now, mm-hmm. then. If you're not aware of when that melatonin releases, right, and you stay up past that melatonin release, yeah, and you, you get the you second get wind, this, yeah. Well, I know, I know for our daughter on school nights, uh, she does have a downtime wherein the screens have to be off, uh, the light has to be at least low, yeah. But I don't care if she listens to music or podcasts, or reads, or draws, something that is disconnected, with the exception of music, you know, we all get our music through our phones, right? but that's not something that you're actively engaging the blue light producing screen exactly, with. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't care how long she stays up, so long as she wakes up on time, and she seems to be able to perform function in a healthy way, meaning she's getting enough sleep, she's able to exercise her autonomy and go okay enough i need to go to sleep now um i don't think she's ever made it past 20 minutes um like i'll walk by and i'll kind of peek in and you know the podcast is just chattering away and she's when there's been times where she doesn't snore she will demand that i rectify that she doesn't snore it was the poor impersonation i'm sorry i'm gonna get in trouble for that (laughs) There's there's been times where uh, she's gone silent earlier in the evening, yeah, like right after dinner, right. She's been in there for an hour and it's like, ah, hey, we better check on her, make sure she's okay, and she's yeah. knocked out. She's passed out, yeah. yeah. Which leads to not the next question on the list, 
But the the next two, the next one's why do teens get acne? That's mostly hormones. Yeah. Uh, why do teens need more sleep? I want to say it's also hormones. Uh, hormones, right? I think yeah. so. I yeah. I I would imagine why do teens drink? Um, like curiosity. It just says drink. I'm guessing it means alcohol. I don't think they mean water. I I well, there's also something. I think it goes back to see. This is one of those ones where I think with what you were saying about um the personal autonomy. Mm-hmm. Drinking is taboo it's, with well, teenager. It's not just the personal autonomy for me here. It's also rebellion. Well, yeah, and I think this applies to that too. Yeah, like all teens reach a point, and they all get to different points, and they all express it in very different ways. Um, some are bolder than others, right? Um, some are very tame in their rebellion. Um, I when I rebelled against my mom, I dyed my hair bright blue. Yeah, I my rebellion against my dad literally was to bleach my hair. Who <laughs> no, your your rebellion was the guitar. Eventually, yes. Right. My original rebellion original when rebellion. I first decided to rebel, yeah, I was on uh some kind of a trip like a school trip or something like that. Yeah. And uh I let some friends bleach my hair overnight and I came back and my dad was just floored by that. I I thought I was being such a uh such a baddie um i i got a friend to get me some blue splat hair dye which is just awful hair dye for my hair type some people <laughs> love it but it's it's carpet dye for me like i don't <laughs> it's not great um i they got me some blue splat hair dye and i snuck into the bathroom and i dyed my hair and i've been dyeing my hair with other box dyes before so like i knew how to do it but blue oh. and i walked out and i was so triumphant and my mom who i was expecting to just lay her jaw on the floor goes you missed some spots in the back. Get back in there and fix it. <laughs> Dang it, mom. <laughs> Rebellion quashed with acquiescence. So then you have to find other ways to rebel. See, I, I never did. Sure you did. You stuck with uh, singing and uh, you went on to do opera. <laughs> That's not rebellion, though. She loved that. Maybe it was in your head. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, my mom loved that I, I did music. Uh, why do teens sleep so much, drink alcohol? Why do teens smoke? Kind of, kind of the same stuff. Yeah. Uh, why do teens get depressed? Uh, because they have brains. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's it. That's, that's why people, that's why people get depressed. And uh, it doesn't I mean, really matter age category. Are they asking if teens get depressed more than adults? I, I, I don't, don't, I don't know. Why do teens get depressed is all I got to go on. Um, so our, our teen is on antidepressants. Yeah. Um, she's got a good, stable, supportive home life. Uh, we enable her as often as we can. We enforce boundaries as often as is healthy and needed, um, which means sometimes she doesn't like what we say, but like we give her the freedoms, as many freedoms as we can. We're, we're doing our best by her to prepare her to exist without us. Right. Um, and her brain soup just didn't. Some something went sideways and it, it wasn't necessarily a direct direct uh result of anything we did or did not do. Right. While all things in your life contribute to depression. Um I bet people are Googling that because they're realizing their teen may be or is depressed. And the first go to, the first place a parent's brain goes to is What did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? Did I do that? Was that my fault? Yeah. Um, if you're a crappy parent, maybe, but if you're a good parent, no, it 
might just be because they have a brain um, and their dopamine and, and serotonin receptors went sideways. Yeah. I mean, stopped working right. Maybe never worked right. There are so many things that can contribute to, uh, to depression too. I mean, yeah. sleep. Yeah. Just a decent sleep cycle. Yeah. S- sleeping at night and being awake during the day. Nutrition, yeah. academic stressors, social yeah. stressors. In most recent times, uh, the pandemic has yeah. done a lot of kids in in their mental health. Well, I, I hate to say it, but it, it's I think for a lot of kids, they see their adults panicking. Yeah. A little stressed, a little yeah. confused. Yeah. And, and that really in their poorly developed prefrontal cortex, they don't know how to process that same anxiety that they're watching us kind of live through. It's it's not our fault for being anxious about stuff. That's just it's because we have brains, um, but the, they're ill-equipped to deal with stuff. So, yeah, teen depression is frightening. Yeah, it's scary. It's hard to stomach um, because there there is that that idea of, well, what did I do? maybe nothing <laughs> potentially yeah honestly if you're trying your best if if you're the person who googled why do teens get depressed i'm betting it wasn't because of you yeah if you're concerned enough about it i'm, if, I'm gonna guess you're not on the bad parent list right you're 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 not a massive contributing factor not at all there may be things that you can change to help facilitate your your kid getting better to right. a better headspace doesn't necessarily mean you were doing it wrong it just means you need to find a new way to do a new thing yeah that's yeah. something that, that I struggled with a little bit in, in making adjustments for Abby is right. we weren't doing it wrong. We just need to find a new way to do it. Like you can be doing everything right and still need to find a new way to do things. Right. So can you think of a, uh, a question that somebody that, that say yourself, you would ask if you did a Google search, let's say regarding to uh, regarding a teen. Regarding, regarding my teen, what would I ask? Um, why are teens, I don't know. I don't know if they, I think it's, I think it's specific to my kid. Why are teens terrible at telling stories? <laughs> I don't know if it's specific to our kid. I don't know. I don't <laughs> tell us in the comment section. Is your teenager just awful at telling stories? Not because they don't tell stories. Uh, they do. But my teen was describing a specific game and it was wildly out of order and I was so lost. And then I was like, wait, did that happen in episode one or episode eight? She's like, no, episode six. When did we start talking about episode six? Yeah. Sometimes I feel like I'm spacing out when I'm talking to her, when she's telling me a story. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm missing parts of it. I'm missing context. Right. And when the dog ate the snow on the pole, the schoolyard was brick and it was heaven. Oh, okay. Yeah. Was, did you mean to say all those words in that order? Yes. Oh, okay. Well, and then, and then so there will be names in there of people that I'm supposed to know who they are. Right. I have no idea who they are. I have are. no idea who they are. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and now our teen has gotten a lot better over, over time with us, like just giving her puzzle blank looks. Our, she's gotten better at not getting angry when we're like, wait, when did the robot enter the story? <laughs> like she'll deal with our questions as long as we keep them to a minimum. So I, I walk away from most of her stories like halfway sure what just happened. Yeah, I have I have an added challenge too that I tend to focus on weird details. You do. 
You really do. <laughs> uh, when I show Jack memes, uh, I have to go, okay, now read this top part. And then you read this black bar down here. And then you read the words in the middle. And then you look at the picture. Like if I don't step by step walk him through how to read the meme, he'll be like, I don't get it. I'll get stuck on something. Yeah. I'll see something and get stuck. Right. You'll look at the picture and go, why is her hair red? It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's just a redheaded woman. They picked. Okay. Trust me. I know it's annoying. It's annoying for me. (laughs) Thank you. Neurodivergency. (laughs) All right. That was a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Is that episode two done? That's episode two. All right. You, You promised a jig for every episode. I did promise a jig. There you go. All right. So thanks for, thanks for joining us. Be sure to leave us a rating on. Apple, Spotify, Overcast, Google, wherever you're listening to this. Yeah. The ratings help. I don't know how, um, but they apparently do because all the other famous podcasters are like, leave me a rating. So I'm going to say that thing too. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's it. Have a good day. Thank you. Bye. Bye. (laughs) We're dorks. This has been a production of Pleasant Peasant Media. For questions, suggestions, professions of adoration, or to discuss sponsorship opportunities, email info at pleasantpeasantmedia.com. Pleasant Peasant Media.